up everybody welcome to bike race weekly we are back my name is rick i'm your host and i'm here with my co-host hello my name is ryan and we are also here with a lovely lady return returning guest of the podcast anna weber anna hello Anna, Anna didn't want to be Good. part of this. <laughs> yeah, but actually, you know, I she actually she didn't know she was going to be a guest today. She thought she was just going to sit here and hang out with us, and then uh, we pulled her in. So welcome, you're our, you're our returning guest. Maybe our f- nope, our second returning guest, or first? she's been on. I think this is her third time. But first returning guest. No, we had uh, Richard. Richard. Okay. Okay. Well, cool. Welcome, Anna. Thank Thanks you. for coming back. And let's get into it. What are All we talking right. about today, Ryan? So this today we are going to talk about 2019. 2019. Yeah. Uh, so we we want to talk about some goals, what our expectations are. Yeah. Uh, what, what we're doing in 2019. Yeah. Like what's a good, uh, what good strategies are for planning your year. If you want to have like a goal, how to like set goals and all that fun stuff. Let's, uh, let's start off with Anna. Anna. Yeah, Anna, what are your goals, what are your for, goals for next year? Wait, let's start. Well, we should ask first. Do you have goals? Do you have goals? Yeah. I want to do more smaller races. Smaller races. That's a good goal to have. Emphasis on smaller your, races. Yes, your not first, as fast. Your your first race this year was the Downers Avenue. My first race ever. Downers Avenue <laughs> Criterium, which for most of you in the crit loops or the crit community will know, that's a, that's a pretty well-known criterion that draws a pretty pretty big field size and fast field too a lot of Very sandbaggers fast. yeah a lot, a lot of sandbaggers they pay a lot of money to amateur bike racers which is interesting to say the least but yeah i think i think you'd have a lot of fun doing like some smaller wca races where the fields are like for like a women's and yeah they're like 10 the one in middleton some, that we went to yeah that one was that was pretty good and it was it, way yeah. slower than middleton Toad. or fitchburg 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 yeah, yeah the fitchburg festival of speed that was yeah. a cool race yeah i like that, that. Was that looked like that'd slower. be one that i could hang in yeah yeah so i think you'd like that one a lot i think you'd have more fun doing those too yeah i think i felt like i was thrown into my first race a little <laughs> yeah i don't think anna's like not like you know, fit or anything, you know, she, she does like hour and a half, two hour rides mm-hmm. pretty, pretty occasionally. I just think learning to, to race crits is its own, its own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah. Would you ever do any road races? Maybe. I feel like you can go uphill pretty good. Yeah. You're a smaller rider. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a try. Okay. Cool. I chase Anna when we go uphill and then poke her. Yeah, she doesn't so like it. <laughs> so you go she doesn't like it. Some people use the carrot and some people use the stick. <laughs> With Ryan, there's no carrot. Nope, nope. <laughs> it's real close to me, so I have to get farther and farther away. Oh yeah. I think with the bigger races too, there's it's like a really cool event, but it's also at the same time like really intense and not just the racing but like the people too yeah it's like super serious because they're like expensive races and there's a lot, like there's actual money on the line yeah yep. and i think once you do like smaller especially for us in wisconsin smaller local races it's kind of flipped where the race is not as intense but i think it's more chill like there's a little bit more, more community fun. it's more fun yeah people like I think people hang out a little bit more too and just are relaxed. I mean, as relaxed as you can be for, for road racing. Yeah. I know road racing has a bad reputation of being like type A, like mm-hmm. really high strung people, but you know, speaking speaking of that, of like hanging people hanging out and stuff, I really don't like how 
This year, they changed cyclocross where the Cat 1 race is, like, in the middle of the day. Yeah. And nobody's there for it. it yeah. It used to kind of be, like, you know, the category would get harder and harder throughout the day. And then during the pro race, there was always, like, a good amount of people. Mm-hmm. There's nobody there. Yeah. Well, I think it's because there's so many races after the P123 yeah. race. A lot of people are, like, warming up. They're just getting there. And nobody wants to get there and, like st- like, sit around for, like two three hours before their race i don't know what like the what like the impetus was behind that whether they wanted to like have more people watch or whether maybe the cat one two threes were kind of like complaining about having to stay there until four, i think that one's which, gonna be the but that's kind of strange answer. because it's one of the smaller categories if you think about it yeah i mean i think there's only on a good weekend there's like 15 racers at a wisconsin race yeah i think in a cat the, one two three field. yeah i think the wca people that had it listen to the pros because those are the guys they talk to possibly yeah they're probably and more, that's where they're getting all their information from yeah they're more they're there on a more regular basis too yeah. so so when they say yeah. like oh our races are way too late it's like hey we're hearing a lot of the cat one races way too late mm-hmm. and that's where they get all their that's how they make their decisions yeah i like i know i think what's the last race of the day the cat three speed race? single speed single speed yeah yeah i mean that's kind of a bummer because that's i think like the most casual of all the races yeah where people yeah and that would be a good one to do still after the cat one race yeah i always remember that when i was like a cat four and a cat five i always thought it kind of sucked racing so early in the morning but to be honest i actually just really like racing at like like nine o'clock because you're just done with it you know you got to get up early and you got to be there early to warm mm-hmm. up but like you just eat a little breakfast you in your car you drive there sign up race and then you can just hang out for the rest of the day yeah i like i like the like the noon race yeah noon's noon's not too bad and actually mm-hmm. like racing at like 240 that's not bad either no that's like for like toad and stuff and like that's, intelligentsia that's, that's, i think we'd um, usually race around like one o'clock yeah, that's the time that we race for Cat 3 and Cyclocross is 240. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So I actually found that I really like that. That's not too bad. No. Because I sleep in, and I, I kind of feel like I get in the morning. Yeah. Cause it's then, nice to be able to like roll out of bed, I guess, and be relaxed yeah. before your bike race. And the time of the day that I feel like I really don't accomplish anything is between like 1 and 5. I'd agree with that. So to have something during that time period... It keeps you going. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, we've talked a little bit about some of the, I guess, the Wisconsin cyclocross formatting, but why don't we get back to goals, and let's okay. talk about your goals, Ryan. My goals? So we talked about Anna's goals a little bit, mm-hmm. and then what are your goals for 2019? Uh, I'd like to do more crits. More crits? I want to do a lot of crits, um, maybe even get try to get a Cat 2 upgrade. Oh, okay. Who knows? I think you, you could have upgraded this year if you wanted to. I think I, I could put in... I want... If I'm going to upgrade, I want to get a upgrade. Yeah. Then I at least smart. feel like I put in the work and I know that yeah. I at least have the fitness to upgrade. I think, the, I think the Category 3 races are very interesting in terms of like the bandwidth of skill that you get showing up. Yeah. You know, like, you'll get people that are literally just at a, like, barely above a Cat 4 level, mm-hmm. and then you'll get people that are, like, like super fast juniors that, like, probably shouldn't be a Cat 3. They're winning all the races, but they're, like, 16 years old, so nobody's going to force upgrade them. Yeah, see, I want to kind of mix in, like, Cat 1, 2, 3 races and yeah. Cat 3, 4 races. You get two races a day, which is super nice. Probably won't race twice in a day. 
but you know maybe I want to do two races in a weekend and then not race for a few weeks and kind of do it like that where like one day I'll do one two three and the other day I'll do three four Mm, kind of you know kind of just get that fitness and that because I feel like when you race in those higher categories it forces you to learn fast. Yeah, it's like a it's a good learning experience for sure. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you all suddenly notice the little things you do that you're like, I can't do that yeah. because I use too much energy in this situation. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're being more efficient throughout the entire race. Mm-hmm. And then you bring that into a Cat 3-4 race and you're on a different level than everyone. All of a sudden, you're so much more efficient because you were yeah. able to recognize what you can't get away with at a higher level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Because I think, totally I think when I raced A's and then also two threes, I don't. I was really disappointed in myself because I thought my fitness was higher mm-hmm. and it wasn't. And uh, I think I kind of lied to myself too about my fitness. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I did notice is that season, I learned a lot about how to race. Yeah. Because yeah. dur- just in A's, I didn't get really all that fitter between the first race and the last race, but I only lasted a few laps in the first race. I lasted the entire race in the last race just doing things differently. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. So you're, essentially your goal is just to do more like do more crits, so more crit yeah. racing, and then you know potentially... I want, essentially, I just want to get to... Yeah, I want to take where I'm at because I feel like I've kind of plateaued, uh-huh. and I want to... So you just want to get better. Yeah, I want to do what needs to be done to get to the next level. Uh-huh. So, like, why... Let me ask you a question. Why do you... Why didn't you pick a goal, like, I want to win X race at X time? I think that is very difficult mm-hmm. to do, to put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. And then if you don't hit that goal, I feel like it kind of puts you in a, a situation where you're like, what do I do now? Yeah. So if you just yeah. kind of have that whole season goal of, by the end of the season, this is where I want to be at, mm-hmm. you ha- you can take losses, but you can take those losses, learn from them to get to that big goal. Yeah. And I you can have small, you have wins too that feel great, but, you know, altogether you want to get to a certain point. I think that's smart. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I used to like... I used to in the past, I think I made a lot of goal setting mistakes. I'd pick a race and I would think, okay, I want to win this race and be on the podium at this race and do this and that race. And, you know, I'd, I'd focus so much on that race and I'd get to that race and something would happen that would be like completely out of my control or almost out of my control. Whether it being, you know, like in the final two laps, somebody cuts me off or like from the gun, a breakaway would go. And, it would just be gone for the entire race. So like, I think I've definitely changed in that mindset too. Like I think picking like outcome oriented goals is, is a very dangerous like way to approach um, a season. I think like you could have an idea of like, oh, I'd like to do well here and well there, but I think it's, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea to like pick specific races. Yeah. And you know, when, when I say like um, to learn throughout the, the year, that kind of requires you to try out different things. Mm-hmm. And then, so like one race, you're going to think, all right, during the race, I'm going to try tail gunning so that at the end of the race, I can move up and then find position. And then during the sprint, it's like, I want I want to try to maintain this cadence. And then you afterwards, you kind of mm-hmm. think, okay, yeah, tail gunning, I did this wrong, this wrong. And then it wasn't the type of course that was good. 
so then you're like okay it doesn't work on this type of course but then maybe you try it again it's like okay it works on this type of course and then you then you start to learn like okay how do i get to the front of the race Mm -hmm. when i'm at the back how long does it take does it take two laps does it take five laps how much energy am i going to use to to get to the front and then once i get to the front am i going to be able to maintain it Mm -hmm. that's the kind of stuff that you have to learn throughout a season and if you have your sights on one race i don't think you necessarily focus on that stuff rather than like just your fitness yeah i I just want to be fitter than everyone i totally agree with that i think too you brought up some good points some kind of like more process goals so like and you can you know you can go into a race and say you know like okay like i i didn't win the race i didn't even do that well in the race but like my goal going into this race was to get in the breakaway like and i got into the breakaway and you know it didn't work but like that's a win right because like i did exactly what i set out to do yeah so like i think so you can walk away from like almost every race having like a like a small sack of little wins and I think, like, that's what kind of keeps you going, too. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, everybody, they get into cycling. Well, not everybody, but um, some people, and I, I kind of throw this myself into this bucket, um, you get, like, a little success, like, really easily, or, like, just starting out. Like, uh, I think I made, like, the podium in my first Cat 4 race, and I was, like, super excited, and I was just, like, kind of chasing that feeling. And then you kind of start to get to a place where you hit a wall, and it's, like, that doesn't come as easy anymore. Like that feeling, like getting the win or like, like that feeling of like crossing the line at first. So you've got to continue to like figure out like, all right, like maybe I don't win as much as I used to, or I'm not winning as much as I did, you know, last year, but how can I like just be better than I was like, you know, Before. last week, last month, last year. Yeah. What I about, think it's important. What about you, Anna? Yeah. What do you think? Cause you're, you're new to cycling. So like, do you think that's like, uh, like how do you do you even think about goals, or are you just think about like getting better? I'm um, getting better. Yeah. Longer rides, I think, is the big thing. Longer, yeah. faster rides. It's important. Mhm. Mhm. We have been going faster, mm-hmm. at least, and we've been going yeah. longer. And Anna's been really consistent. Yeah. We have consistency a, is important. We have a we have a bet going oh, on. That's right. That she has to do, I think it was like sixty hours or sixty sessions. Sixty hours before the third, before December thirty first. Before December thirty first. Before 31st. the first of the year. Yeah. Okay. I forgot what was it. What was uh, what was like the the prize? A kit. Oh okay yeah we, oh that's right Shit. that's right uh, what kind of kitty again? We were gonna. I don't know. <laughs> We we'll gonna, see who wins we'll the see right? what, We'll, see, we'll what, see who wins the bet, then we'll, we'll see what kind of I think gets we're, Let's see the best eBay has to offer. Yeah, I think I think we were gonna do like an AliExpress kit. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a solid, you know, Yeah, I think it's like, like, I need a new one. like 50, 70 bucks. Okay. You know? Nice, nice. And I think she can do it, you know, but I think it's it's great to have a reason to push yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can just like set it up in the, the break room at the, the hospital. Right. Like yeah. If anybody walks by like, what are you doing, Anna? It's like, I'm on my break, and That's why I'm I... trying to live a, a healthy, active lifestyle. <laughs> That's why I need and, and less than 20 minutes to get my bike ready to go so that I do it more. Yeah. 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 <laughs> true. True. So. Yeah. Beginner struggles. Beginner struggles. But, you know, you're not really a beginner anymore. I think now, since you've got, like, a year of riding. Not quite. Oh, not quite. No, a it's, season. You've got a season. It's like yeah. March. Seasons. I started in you March got a clipping in. you got so. a season. you got a season. So. But I haven't started changing my tire until, like three weeks ago 
when Ryan was nowhere here's, to be everybody, found. Everybody learns. Here's a question for you. What, do you. what is the biggest difference you've noticed between when you first started and now? Yeah. Um, I think finding out, like, what gear to be in. Cadence. Mm-hmm. Um, That's actually a big one for cadence beginners. And finding, yeah. like, a spot on my seat. Which I'm still yeah. struggling with, but we got it a little more taken care of now okay. that we, no, I remember, we angled the seat more. Yeah, I remember actually having the same issue when I first started. Mm. I, was really I, struggling I thought you were to sit. honestly, I just thought like you were meant to be uncomfortable, and I uh, thought you were supposed to sit on the nose. Oh, so I only sat on the nose, and, and I thought like <laughs> I thought it was just supposed to be like painful. Like yeah. if it was if it was painful, you were doing doing it right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've just never been like a, a saddle guy. Like, I've never really been bothered by a saddle that really? much. Um, the one I have right now, which is the one that comes on Specialized Olay, is like so comfortable. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it just works. I think like, it's the extra padding. <laughs> yeah, a little extra padding. Um, it's just got a really nice design to it that fits my my butt. Really yeah, good. yeah. We gotta angle my seat a little yeah. more. Cause I was really struggling for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like mean, didn't even want to finish workouts. I need Oof. to I need to adjust my seat a little bit. I changed it a little bit ago because it was too low, mm-hmm. and I put it up a, a little bit higher. And it's kind of weird how when you change it, it feels perfect. You're yeah. like, this is it. Then after like a like a month or two, you're like, how did this just become like I'm really high on my mm-hmm. on my seat? Your when body just a few weeks ago it. it felt like I was thinking like, oh, I should go higher. Right. Yeah, your body just adapts to it. Yeah. Yep. So. Getting back into like yearly planning, I want to talk a little bit about how to. Well, we got to hear your your plan for two two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> good plan. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll explain what I'm doing. Um, so my plan for twenty nineteen, um, you know, like I'm tr- I'm actually kind of moving away from like super hard goals. Uh, I definitely want to be going good, like in the meat of you know crit racing season. So like. Uh, I'd say May and June and then hopefully kind of extend it into July of just like going good, you know, like feeling fit, feeling fast on the bike. Um, but I think for me, I struggled with the last couple of years of trying to like bite off more than I could chew in terms of how much I was training, how much time I was dedicating to the bike. And I think it kind of led me to be inconsistent and I, I seem to always be getting like injured or something would happen and it would just like keep me off the bike. So like for me, I'm really shooting to, I want to be better than I've been like in terms of like my power numbers, but I want to just be really consistent. So like I'm trying to get on the bike for sure, like four, four days a week. Um, you know, like I'm probably going to follow to start out like a, a low volume trainer road, road program and just kind of gradually like step it up to like a mid volume and I'll probably, you know, this year I plan on actually training less than I have been in the past because I just want to keep keep it fun and I want to, like, stay below that line of doing too much because I, I always felt like I had to push right up to that, like, ceiling of, you know, if I do any more, I'm probably going to, like, be overtrained. So I want to be, like, safely below that this year. So I think for me, and I think I'm just my own special snowflake, that's just, like, around, I think that's realistically around, like, eight hours of you know pretty structured training i think that's pretty good yeah especially to keep the like morale high for an entire year yeah and i don't you know i just think i'm i'm kind of the person that 
like I don't do super well with like super high training volume and that's not even like I and mean, that's a pretty like low intensity training volume you know I've done big weeks before like 15 hour weeks and I always just seem to kind of put myself in a hole with that so like I just think it'd be overall like for me good especially at least until like May to kind of keep the volume pretty low but just to keep the consistency super high and then hopefully that just rolls into like a good season um, I know like power wise like the highest I've ever been is like 4.2 watts per kilogram so like if I could even get back to that or higher than that like I'd be pretty happy with myself yeah I want to get uh, specifically like my 20 minute test to something like four two to four five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's I feel that's kind of where my weakness is. Yeah, and I know when I test like the ramp test on Trainer Road, I'll score like two ninety. Mm-hmm. But then when I, if I did the same like twenty minute test, I'll score like two sixty. Yeah, like, there's a huge difference between my two tests. I'm I'm really convinced that you should do like the longest test possible when you're doing like a twenty minute test period. Uh, or like, a, I'm sorry, like a, if you're doing like a sweet spot base phase of your training. So like for most people, like I know we talk a lot about trainer road, but I'm a huge fan of doing like a 20 minute test because I think it's closer to the training that you're actually going to be doing. And I actually listened to a really another interesting podcast, uh, the Velo News Fast Talk podcast. They had on Steven Seiler, who's like a pretty well known uh, exercise physiologist or something like that. And he actually says you should really do an hour test. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I was just looking at your your face. And I'm like, Ryan's not into that. Um, yeah, and he, his I mean his rationale is it's just more approximate to your I don't know whatever that blood lactate level. And the 20 minute test is a 20 minute test because it's not as painful as an hour, and the ramp test is is not as painful as a 20 minute test, but. For me, I think I've done like a whole season of this, the trainer road stuff, and I, I think I over-test, if that makes sense. Like, I, my 8-minute test is way higher than my 20-minute test, and my 20-minute test is way higher, well, relatively higher than my hour power. So I think that really leads me to like be in the incorrect zone, if that makes sense. I think one thing that I'm going to do next year is I'm going to do the same test throughout the year. Okay. So I always switch it from like base to like specialty and mm-hmm. stuff. I always switch from like twenty minute test to eight minute test. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of messes it up because it's not going off the same. You're not being but, consistent. But yeah, physio- it's not consistent. But physiologically, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. But I feel like it does. I think and mentally, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, like mentally, like for me, mentally, an eight minute test is something I can get through a lot easier than a 20-minute test. And yeah. same with the ramp test. I can I can get through those shorter intervals, like, mentally pretty well. And it's yeah. that 20-minute test where it's kind, it kind of messes with your... I, I think it just gets to another level where it's not just physical, it's also mental. Yeah. And I think that's a huge aspect of it that you don't really hit with the 8-minute test and, like, the ramp test. I, I agree with that. Like, the, the physical, the mental aspect of it, I totally agree with. But what I don't agree with is that, like, you're, if you're going to be doing 20-minute intervals, you should definitely do, like, if you're doing an 8-minute test, and I know, like, you are, like, a really anaerobic person, like, you're you're probably over-testing. So, like, you're, you're doing threshold intervals instead of sweet spot intervals. Like, 
I don't know. That's that's just what I've found. Like, yeah, it gets no, I it agree. makes it I will, like I, yeah. Because I think I at least for me, like I'd overtest doing the eight minute test, and then when I'm doing sweet spot intervals, it's like this is so hard. You know, yeah. Like, how how am I gonna get through this? And those shouldn't be like that hard. Like yeah. they're difficult. They're challenging. But only only or, like you I, get through like the first and the second one or something. Yeah. And if you have like five, you get through the first, you struggle in the second, and the third, you're like, this is impossible. Yeah. So like only when I started doing the 20 minute tests, could I like consistently finish those without like wanting to put my brain through the wall because it was so hard. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to next year is I'm going to stay consistent with the 20 minute test. Oh, so you're going to try to do the 20 minute yeah, test. Yeah. I'm going okay. to do the yeah. 20 minute yeah. test throughout the year yeah. and see if how big of a difference that makes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... I mean, I like, I totally understand. Like, I like the short test too, mm-hmm. but like, I know, like I would probably do the ramp test if I was doing like the specialty phase of like a crit plan. Yeah. Cause like for the, that you, all your efforts are super anaerobic and super high power. So but maybe the, the thing about like the ramp test is that you only do it once. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's kind of like with that, like the first interval I can get through yeah. the second one I struggle. It's like the ramp test is only once. So I can put a huge effort once in, but it's like if I had to do it, if it was like you have to do this three times, mm-hmm. I think that would be different because like on the first one, you'd be like, okay, I, I can push myself. And on the second one, you're like, I feel like you do a little bit less than the third. It's like half of what the first one was. Yeah. I totally understand that. You know, so sure. I can put a huge effort in once. Yeah. I get that for sure. I feel like I undertest because I'm always increasing it like during workouts. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, that's a with thing. you being yeah. new though, your I think your progress is really rapid right now. I think too, like I it, feel like I'm always like increasing since so like it's too easy, and then I don't feel like I don't get a workout mm-hmm. after it. I feel like if you're doing a 20 minute test, like especially if you're new to it, like you're supposed to go so hard during a 20 minute test that like by the end of it, you basically are gonna fall off your bike. Like mm-hmm. if you did, if you like want to throw up after the 20 minute test, like that's how you know you probably did it right which yeah for like a lot of people like i think that's hard to get to yeah yeah it, it can be really hard to get to and i th- i think partially like i i came from racing before i had a power meter so like i really knew like how to dig super deep and like put myself in a hole and you probably a true power meter though and i think it's okay too that you like the first time you test or even uh, if you continue to test if you under test I think that's a lot better than over-testing. Yeah, for for sure. Especially during the base phase when you're supposed to be, like, kind of hitting it yeah. really consistently. Mm-hmm. I think Trainer Road has touched on that statistically they've found that people that under-test like, gain more fitness than totally. people that over-test. Yeah. They're being more consistent. Yeah. They're being more consistent. Want to get on instead of and yeah. finishing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, finishing your workouts, you keep the morale. And the whole <laughs> idea of, like, for example, base period is to work under your threshold. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're supposed to be working at whatever it is 84 to 95 percent yeah and like what happened there's very different it might seem really like arbitrary like it's so close but like once you go over that like you're triggering all these different physiological systems that are way stressful on your body yeah they've touched on that the pros that use trainer road Uh are notorious for over testing and you can see that a lot of their workouts they're not finishing oh but it's it's the ego of saying yeah my ftp's three whatever yeah i i've just completely thrown out like i used to i used to really want to hit like a number i always had like a number in my head like same with you yeah like, yeah well no, everybody likes to you're wag, chasing a number everybody likes to wag their ftp around like yeah. they're measuring their you know but like 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like the, it's, I feel like I can never get into conversations with like groups of cyclists without like FTP being brought up like 30 minutes into the conversation, at least among like kind of like group riders. (laughs) Well, yeah, group riders for sure. That's notoriously like prevalent, but I think the more I race, the more I just like don't care about it. Cause it's like, I could have like a like tricycle a kid on a tricycles ftp and like if i still beat you in a race like that's just embarrassing for you that's, if anything yeah. i would like love to be like oh yeah like my ftp is like 200 watts and then like smash the person in a race that's bragging about their mm-hmm. huge ftp i think it was daniel holloway who said like it's not about you know being the best is not about winning when you're at your fittest it's winning when you're at your worst you know but still finding a way to win yeah exactly like i think it's a lot more impressive when somebody that like can't ride away from the field like snakes their way into a sprint and just wins like that's legit you know like you've had to have you gotta have some real skill to be able to do yeah. that yeah and that's why I said like that's what I want to work on is the mm-hmm. skill yeah so if you don't have <coughs> if you don't have the fitness you have the skill yeah I'm definitely trying to focus more on like racecraft and I like I think I've always put like a hundred percent emphasis on my fitness and my like uh, training metrics and stuff like that. And I'm really now viewing that as only like a component of my yeah. my like 2019. Like that's a component. I really want to work on like my race my race intelligence and then I really want to like work on my strength too. And like I've been going to the gym twice a week to like start to get used to lifting weights and doing some strength work too is mm-hmm. going to be like pretty big for me in 2019 so to get away from like race race talk yeah uh one thing i wanted to do next year was do more like longer like almost like fondo type stuff yeah so totally like the that. like the cheese head roubaix uh-huh like um, fun events yeah fun events i yeah. want to do fun events are you going to do some gravel races yeah like the cheese head roubaix i'll i want to do that okay oh i'm thinking of the Dairyland roubaix isn't it the or, same? No. So the Cheesehead Bay is like more of like a Fondo, and I think they have like a 10, It's like so it's 80 miles. I'm pretty sure maybe. it's free to do, too. I think so. So if you're like a gravel racer, you basically save a ton of money on entry fees, especially for the races around us, because a lot of them are free. So the Cheesehead Bay, I think, is it's either 60 or 80 miles. I think it's 60. And it's a road, it's a road event, but there's a 10-mile yeah. section of gravel. There's 10 miles total. Of gravel. Of gravel. Yeah. And then, so you could do it on a road bike. Yeah, most people do. So I might do it on a road bike. I'll there's do it also on the LA. The, okay. Okay. All right. I'll do it then too. Yeah. Uh, there's also the Dairy Roubaix, which is a 100-mile gravel race in southeast Wisconsin. So, or southwest, excuse me, in the, like, in the Driftless area. So there's a mm-hmm. ton of climbing in it. And then there's also, if you travel a little bit farther northwest to, like, the Minnesota area... There's the, um, or Minneapolis area, there's the Almanzo 100, which is a 100-mile gravel race. That's also mm-hmm. free. See, if I started doing, like, those more, like, longer ones, mm-hmm. so, like, a 60-mile race, I'll try to be, like, competitive with it, but then yeah. if it's, like, a 100-mile gravel race, I want to do it for fun. Yeah, totally. You know, I totally agree. I'm going to stop at all the stop stops. Yeah, the I'm stop not, stations. Not going to, like... Yeah, the rest stops. Rest stops, yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun. I want to do, like, more fun events mm-hmm. this year. You know, I always put, like, my favorite races on the calendar, but especially the races in Wisconsin, I think I've done almost every, like, staple local crit. Yeah. So, like, it's not that I don't I don't plan on doing those, but I just don't put them on the calendar as, like, I'm going to be here on this day. 
I kind of keep it open for like fun stuff with friends, like yeah. group rides. And should do the the um, race the lake with us. I'm I'm in for that. Yeah. Anna, I see you giving have... Ryan some confused look. Are you going to be doing that? <laughs> no, well, I'm not. Then I have someone to help no, pull with me next. <laughs> I work that weekend. Oh, bummer. Okay. You already know that you work that weekend. I work every other week, seven on, seven off. So I know my schedule for lots oh, of wow. years out. Yeah. And Anna's a nurse, so that's why she has such a an interesting mm-hmm. schedule. So I already checked in that. And Unfortunately, I'm working. And how how is it training when you're a nurse? Like, <laughs> well, no, like, do you train at all? So, like, you On work off weeks, yeah. you work like ten to twelve hours a day. I work like nine forty five to seven till like eight thirty in the morning. So then I'll sleep until like six, and then hop on my bike by seven is normally my goal. Really, six thirty or so, seven is my goal. So you do try to ride a little bit while you're on your like on week. Yeah. Okay. And get it like two or three rides, and I try. That's solid. Yeah. I try and get three, but sometimes by the end of the week, I just don't want to get out of bed until I have to leave for work. <laughs> I think a three in seven days that you're working is a pretty solid number to hit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, we talked a little bit about 2019. Are there any other cool events that are kind of coming up that are on your guys' radar in terms of stuff you'd want to do? I know early season, they, they like people put, put some events on that I'll look out for. Yeah. There's, like, the Wisconsin Spring Classics, which are a bunch of Fondos. And, they're like, they're all free, essentially. They're all free. They start in it's March. They pretty start... much, like, they just say, this is the route, and it's yeah. up to you to do it. You know, I really can see why people start to, like, move away from road racing, because there's so many, like, just awesome events that are a lot of fun you can do with your friends. You could race it if you want to, but it's not really a race, and they're free. I'm starting to think that USA Cycling is just such a broken system. I think for for some aspects of it, it it really is. I just think it's so expensive to race, and like now that it's so expensive to race. Yeah, now that I've got more expenses this year and like budget tighter. Yeah, it's just like you know, it's thirty bucks for a, an average race week or race day, right? And yeah, it's that means it's forty bucks for one or two races. Um, I mean, that's a lot of money, mm-hmm. like especially for not you know, like we're all in our twenties, we're in our mid twenties, so like. Eh, we don't have a ton of money. And it's like $80 for a license. Yeah, and they keep going up. The thing that's really bothered me... All right. My first grind, year was grind, 60. Grind the gears segment right now. What grinds okay. your gears? What grinds my gears? I'm We're jumping into that segment right now. So I really don't like how they're... So the reason why the licensing has gone up, the license prices, is for two reasons. Anti-doping is one, which is good, I think. Mostly, I kind of don't really even care because if somebody's going to try to dope, I just, it's like, I'm a cat three. Like if you want to dope in the cat threes, like. You have an issue. Yeah. Like I, I don't care. Like you're probably going to do something else to beat me mm-hmm. anyways. Like I just don't care that no- enough about, about it. It's amateur. It's amateur cycling. Like if you're going to cheat, like, um, I just don't really care to yeah. be honest. Like I don't think the anti-doping thing is worth it. And this is coming from somebody that doesn't dope. So I don't care. It's not going to help me. And then I also really don't like that the money gets funneled to... So they have like an Olympic development program where they were giving certain riders like living stipends um, that were chasing after Olympic medals, uh, uh, world championships, that kind of thing. It's like an Olympic... I think they started it last year, which is why the licenses went up again in price and they're now like $80. And the whole idea is that, you know, it's going to bring more exposure. The more Olympic medals that are won, the more exposure cycling gets. But I just think it's, it's all in all, it's silly. Like, it, I just don't think it really helps. Um, 
amateur cycling that much. I don't think people get into cycling because somebody wins an Olympic medal on the television. Yeah. I got into cycling because I had a bunch of friends that rode bikes and none of them got into it because of somebody winning a world championship. Yeah. I just think that's like, it grinds my gears because the what gets people into sports is fun and affordability. Yeah. Like, that's how you get this magical demographic of, of, uh, 18 to 40 year olds is that you have a sport you like to do and you can afford Afford to do it affordability yeah affordability no for real though like i it's like i i wish i could race every single weekend yeah i'd be dropping like if i wanted to do a race every single weekend over a hundred dollars in terms of racing and then paying for gas money to get to the race and then you know just general Mm -hmm. supplies too yeah, it's expensive. Like over a hundred dollars. That's and then bike four, maintenance too, because yeah, you're racing a bunch. A month. Bike maintenance, like, yeah. Kits, yeah. That's all. You kits, know, it's you know if you crash. Yeah, it seems but, like the companies that are doing really well right now in the bike industry as a whole are companies that are just offering an affordable experience. Like we talk a lot about Trainer Road. This podcast is not sponsored by Trainer Road, but I think the reason why they're so successful is because. They took an idea, coaching, and made it like affordable Afford- for everybody. Very affordable. Yeah, like that's five like five bucks a month. It's it's twelve. It's fifteen. It's fifteen get, now. But you but get if you're grandfathered in, it was like ten. I pay like ten now. Yeah, that's what I pay. Yeah. But fifteen dollars, yeah. it's still cheaper than like Zwift. Yeah, or another company. And if you don't get on every day, you don't feel like you're wasting money. It's yeah. still worth it. Or another company like Bike Flights. If you heard of Bike Flights, I shipped a bike. I couldn't believe how affordable Bike Flights was. It was like it blew my mind. It cost me less than a less than a hundred dollars to ship something across the country, that in a, in a bike sized box. Like companies like those, I think are doing really well because they can they can make aspects of cycling more affordable. And I think that model should be kind of applied to like yeah. racing. Like mm-hmm. we don't need like I don't fancy. Think, we don't need fancier stuff. We just need like a five dollar weekly crit. You don't need officials at every race. That's no. that's a massive. No. You don't need officials and you don't need payouts. Yeah. The, uh, races pay out like thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like local racers will pay out thousands of dollars. On top of that, the officials cost $1,500 a day. Yeah. Plus hotels, food, and gas. You just so, got, yeah, you've got to make it more affordable. It's like if you mm-hmm. take away all that, like the prize money, the officials, mm-hmm. and just let someone who put it on the race be the official. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day too, what brings people to bike races is culture. So yeah. like, people love culture and community. That's why gravel races are getting like that's why you're sitting over here saying, "Yeah, I kind of want to do these like Fondo events." Why? I've done them before too. They're a lot of fun. There's food there. You hang out and you do it with your friends. And if you want to be at the ra- if you want to race, that's at the front of the race. If you want to party, that's the back of the race. Yeah, I think it, I think it's an easy way to eliminate like five thousand dollars in cost mm-hmm. by just getting rid of a lot of that fluff a lot of that fluff it's fluff yeah, yeah we'll call it fluff fluff and i've always i've for the last couple of years i've railed against prize money to amateurs that's the craziest thing i've ever heard like nobody goes to a local 5k and wins a hundred dollars for winning it even if it's even if it's a even big if you're 5K. like a cat one like i don't think you really need the prize money because no. if you're really that good go to the the big races are still there that's where you yeah. get that like production value where you do have the officials, you do get the prize money. But yeah. for local crits on a Saturday, Sunday, yeah. you don't need prize money even if you are a cat one. I feel like this is a recurring grind my gears. Like yeah. the topic that we grind over is 
why bike racing is so expensive. Well, that's why I think like USA Cycling just doesn't get it. They think no, like we well, should add more, add more. It's like to add more, we have to charge more. Yeah. But it's like no, just get rid of everything. I to, think that's to their, why it's hard to, to get into yeah. it too, because like I got lucky, I got a deal on my bike. If I didn't, I probably wouldn't be sitting here with a nice bike right now. Yeah. You know because. Yeah. To their credit. To just shout out that much in one time for something you're just trying. Right. To their credit, I get it though. Like they're caught between this weird, like, in one in one aspect they are a organization that's dedicated to promoting the Olympic sport and like you know they're the national team. They are the high end of the sport, and on the other end, for some reason, they are also responsible for promoting local bike racing and like your amateur series and your amateur yeah. bike racing. I don't think they I can think, do both. I think they need to pull away from the latter. Yeah. And just let everybody know like let people do their let wca be wca WCA is now the organization that puts on bike races in wisconsin that's yeah that's just it like yeah you know and is that going to hurt some areas it might but let them do licenses 10 bucks for a license and that goes towards like say the one official in the madison Mm -hmm. area and the one official in the the milwaukee area and they're more so a volunteer than they are anything yeah you know yeah you know, this is my, like, and it's happening to every, I think, it's not just road. We talk about road quite a bit, but even cyclocross, too. This is my third season just being around cyclocross, and I definitely have seen, like, the field shrink. Yeah. Um, you know, when I did it, it was, I think I did, like, mo- a lot of cyclocross in 2016, and I've even noticed, like, that's that's two seasons ago, and it's definitely smaller. Like, there's less people there. Yeah. You know? People are getting into other things. I know, yeah, we keep talking about this. I know a lot of people are getting into gravel racing. Um, a lot of people are getting into mountain biking, too. Mm-hmm. Like, just kind of backing away from from even racing and just riding. Just riding yeah, mountain bikes, yeah. you know? It's just so, like going to the trails and ripping rip around. That's another thing I think would be fun to do this year is um, the the uh, Wausau 24. Yeah, that's what you brought up before. Yeah. I, I think thought that would be, be fun. That would be another, like, fun ride. Yeah, exactly. You get together with your 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 homies and you camp and you just make food over an open fire mm-hmm. and you sleep we could probably easily get like kevin thume and casey greismer yeah to do yeah. it with us R- richard might want to do it too. richard yeah matthew has a mountain bike matthew has a mountain bike yeah that'd yeah. be like a fun night i think that'd be a lot of fun yeah so we'll i think that's our plan for 2019 we're gonna put maybe a couple serious making quotation fingers right now serious races on the calendar and then some fun ones they yeah. might even have a mixed gender category. Anna, if you want to get a mountain bike. That's next okay. Year. I'm good. <laughs> we'll stick with the one I have. We'll see. That's plenty of time. Plenty of time to think about it. All right. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got, too. Um, you know, it's kind of getting to that time of the year where there's just not a lot of bike racing going on. Not a lot. There's cyclocross. Yeah, so. There's, there's fat biking that's coming mm-hmm. up. We might we might start doing bi-weekly bi-weekly, bi-weekly podcast. Bi bike racing bi-weekly. Bi-weekly, yeah. Yeah, but we're still here. We're still giving you the the, the hardest hitting takes and classic content just until things start you know, picking up again. Technically it's still the off season. So it is the off season. There's... We're we're still enjoying um, you know, easy training weeks, the little sunshine that we have left in yeah. Wisconsin. I haven't even started like doing my hard training no, yet. Our, the only training that we've been participating in is throwing darts and throwing darts. Miller High Lifes. Yeah. One dollar Miller High Lifes. A lot of uh, glass 
Yeah, well, bicep what, curls. glass curls. Glass, glass curls. Bicep curls. Yep. 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 But, you know, it's getting us fit for next year. Yeah. I think. So check us out on Instagram. It's bike underscore weekly underscore racing. <laughs> bike racing. <laughs> bike enough, underscore Ryan. racing underscore weekly. That's right. Check us out on Facebook yep. at Bike Race Weekly. Hit that subscribe button, leave a review. We would love for you to give us five stars. Yeah. But if you don't want to give us five stars, then just don't leave a review. Yeah. <laughs> you can check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. For those people who do not have an iPhone and have an Android, you can f- find us on Stitcher. Uh, I think that's it. That's it. That's the wrap. We'll see you guys in pretty two soon. weeks. In two weeks. Yeah.